Welcome to the Empowered with Marcos podcast. I'm your host, Marcos Hurtado, and my intention with this show is to share my knowledge, wisdom, and experiences to develop your mind, body, diet, and soul in an educational and entertaining manner. These episodes will consist of my own stories and talks, along with interviews with some of the great minds and souls that are part of my life. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy the show. podcast today's episode we have a very very special guest today we have vanessa evelyn she's a style and lifestyle blogger and she's also a plant-based diet advocate vanessa thank you for being here today hi everyone hi marcos thank you for having me i'm so excited i've always wanted to be on the podcast um and i just love sharing you know various aspects of my life and this is something, a story, a testimony that's really important to me. Um, so I'm really excited to sit down and chat with you and kind of share what I've been through with my health and my plant-based journey. Yes, definitely. So I'm really looking forward to sharing this with my listeners. And I know they'll definitely get a lot out of it because you gave me like a little preview of, <laughs> of your story. And it's definitely... Um, eye-opening especially because it expands throughout several years and throughout different parts of your life so definitely looking forward to hearing it so let's just get right to it so where, where would you want to begin with your story um i kind of want to start out with um how i grew up um how i grew up eating and how that affected me in my young adult life um so growing up i ate a lot of fast food um and i feel that because of that it's affected my health in my like I'm I'm 29 now so just approaching 30 like I'm aware of how the way that I ate back then has influenced me now and I'm trying to make changes um, because I've been having health issues so um, growing up I ate a lot of fast food um, every single morning um, my stepdad would take me to get either like a donut or a bagel before school mm. once in a while we'd go to Jamba Juice which like isn't as bad as a bagel and a donut um, but then like every single day after school he would pick me up take me to like Taco Bell mm -hmm. McDonald's you know Jack in the Box KFC like this was like every single day so I really had a serious fast food addiction mm. Um, and this is like from a young age and going into high school, like when I got a car, um, you know, freshman year of college, I feel like I just began eating more and more fast food. Um, I remember back then McDonald's had like those $3 meals and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like balling on a budget. Like, you know, I had a job just to pay like my car bills and stuff like that. Um, so not only did I love fast food, it was just also something easy for me to eat when I didn't want to spend a lot of money. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so then I started eating like even, uh, those breakfast sandwiches and, um, just, you know, breakfast bagels, just eating like a lot of processed meat, eggs, cheese every single day. Um, and it was a really hard cycle to break out of. And with that, I also had like a soda addiction. Um, I used to always get those like extra large sodas that would just automatically come with your meal. Um, so when I was in my early 20s, <clears throat> I, um, I, I was realizing that and I 
started to make my own lunches and just I was it, it started with very very small steps mm-hmm. so in order for me to get past um, my soda addiction they used to sell I think I'm pretty sure they still have them but they have these like mini cans of sodas that the small like six ounce ones mm-hmm. have? yeah mm-hmm. they're like half of a can And so that was like one of the first steps I took. And Mm -hmm. I kind of transitioned from like soda to coffee, which isn't that great either. (laughs) And I do still drink coffee till this day, but you know, it's, it's a, it's a progression. Like Mm -hmm. it's a process. Um, so instead of getting an extra large soda every day, I started to have these little mini sodas and it helped with the craving that I had Mm -hmm. because I always had a soda with my meals, you Mm -hmm. know, whether I was getting like a slice of pizza or, you know, whatever it was, Mm -hmm. um, so it was a very a very long process to get to where I got now, but I think the importance of sharing where I started shows people that it doesn't matter where you're at in your life. You can slowly make changes to better your health for the long term. Like it really is a lifestyle. You know, some people, they wake up one day and they're just like, I'm going to go vegan. I'm going to go plant-based. But it's not that easy for a lot of people. And I'm definitely one of those people who, even though I know it's the best thing for my health, Mm -hmm. it's something that I do still struggle with, like battling those addictions to cheese, old cravings. Like there's like memories associated with certain meals, right? Mm -hmm. And you have to retrain yourself to break those habits. Um, so that's kind of like where I'm at now. Mm-hmm. And so, um, just a follow up question from what you just said. <clears throat> so what are certain like, like skills, techniques that you apply mm-hmm. to help with those addictions? So, um, the first thing is I slowly started to cut things out of my diet. Um, so I, I didn't go like vegetarian right away, but there mm-hmm. were certain things that I cut out. Um, like I cut out pork first. Mm-hmm. Um, I started to cut back a lot on dairy and this was ever before I intended on having a plant-based diet. These were just things that I was just doing naturally Mm -hmm. and, um, food aversions I was kind of getting, like Mm -hmm. I started to get really weirded out by eggs. You know, I used to eat breakfast bagels every morning, Mm -hmm. but then when I sat and did research and thought about what is an egg, right? Where does it come from? Why does it exist? Mm -hmm. Um, that really started to change my mentality and I love breakfast food. Like Mm -hmm. I love breakfast food. So that wasn't easy for me to give up, but I know that, um, you know, I know that they're, those things are really not healthy, especially a healthy way to start your day is not that way. Mm -hmm. Um, I took a nutrition class in college and that's when I learned I was deficient in a lot of different vitamins. We had to track, um, for our final, we had to track everything we ate and go to the specific website, which told us what nutrients we were getting from the certain foods we were eating. Mm -hmm. And that's when I learned I was deficient in so many things. And it made sense because my nails were brittle. They were always breaking. My hair wasn't growing and I was like wow that makes sense how come I never realized that you know um so I kind of pushed myself to start cooking I started teaching myself how to exercise Mm -hmm. um doing at-home workouts going I used to live in the hate so I used to go running in the panhandle I had like an entire workout schedule and because I was improving um the way that I was eating I was also improving the way you know that I was active and just incorporating the combination of those two things Mm -hmm. but still you know I was eating meat all the time um so it, it was a process, you know, I went and I didn't know that it wasn't good for you. I didn't know that animal products were not good for you, you know, but it was better than eating fast food every single day. Like it was a small progression. Um, 
So yeah. Definitely. <laughs> like you said before, it's just taking those steps little by little. Mm-hmm. And same here, even for myself, it took a year and a half after I found out about veganism and a plant-based diet. It took me a year and a half. And kind of like you, I cut off pork. Then I, I kept dairy to a minimum. Mm-hmm. Since I'm lactose intolerant from the beginning, I kept it to a minimum. Then I started like cutting off like like animal foods I used to eat very commonly. Then I started replacing the um like with different animal products, but it got too repetitive quickly. My stomach was still feeling weird, and also too it was when I was I was traveling a lot as a trainer, crossing, driving forty miles, driving around the whole city all day, and then leaving late at night. So I had like a cooler at the same time. I didn't feel like the cooler was doing its job. So, you know, bacteria would come in and I wouldn't want to use um, a microwave. So I ate the food cold. So mm-hmm. just a combination of everything, not just like the actual food itself, but, you know, where it came from, the food quality, the reheating, reeating, how you're digesting it. So there's so many factors that come to mind. And it's definitely easier with a plant-based diet because you can eat a lot of foods raw as they are in that state and they're easier to maintain with the right temperature and it's easy to just go to store and pick up what you need instead of trying to like store it for a certain amount of days and Mm -hmm. reheating and uh, recooling so it's definitely easier not just like for health reasons but for maintenance for uh for time management it's definitely like the uh more more efficient yeah exactly Yeah. yeah totally um yeah i so i you know i ate I I continued eating animal products and cooking at home. um, And that's one thing, like it takes a lot of time. It's extra money. Mm -hmm. Um, Eating healthy can be expensive, but you can also make it not expensive. Um, And that was kind of two years ago, how the serious cutting of cutting out meat and other animal products began um, for not only myself, but Mario, who's been on your podcast twice before. Shout out to Mario. Yeah, shout out to Mario. So, yeah, it takes a lot of time to cook. And when you're tired, you don't necessarily want to wait 30 minutes for your meat to be done cooking. And sometimes you have to let it marinate and, you know, so on. Plus, you want to clean it up right away to not spread bacteria and all of that. Um, So that was something that pushed us also was um, saving money. Uh, We were planning a trip to Puerto Rico. And we looked at our grocery bill. We were eating chicken and like ground turkey all the time. And I was just getting bored of it. I was literally just like tired of eating it. And we thought to ourselves, why don't we just cut out meat? Let's go vegetarian until our trip. And we, we noticed, you know, purchasing maybe two packages of chicken and like two packages of ground turkey that would last us almost a week, five, mm-hmm. maybe five days. Cause you know, back then you're incorporating meal in, or meat into every meal. Um, it would easily add on at least $30 to our bill. Mm-hmm. So we thought an easy way to save, let's just cut out meat. And that was kind of how the whole thing started. It wasn't even necessarily for our health. It was more out of like, we're bored of eating this every day. Mm-hmm. And um, we just wanted to try something different. And we just saw it as a solution for something that we didn't even realize was going to be turning into something even bigger. Definitely. Yeah. So um, besides cutting out meat, any other tips you could give the people like on a budget that still want to, they're interested in a plant-based <clears throat> diet, but want their, but they're in a budget. Do you have any tips for them? Mm-hmm. Um, I would say I, I think it's really important to pack snacks, um, to do a little bit of meal prepping and just um, start to really hone in on like some people like to have snacks throughout the day. Some people like to have their set three meals, kind of like learn 
what works best with your schedule, with your lifestyle. Um, I think it's really important to have things that you can easily eat on the go that are still healthy. Um, so like, let's say you want to um, do like, you know, veggie sticks and like hummus or, you know, if you want like peanut butter or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, I think just having everything prepared, like a little something that will last you that way, if you need to run out, like you have things that are easily accessible that way you're not giving into those bad cravings or just craving animal products. Because a lot of the times when you're craving something, you know, even if you just satiate the hunger, it will still help with your craving. Mm -hmm. So I think that's really important to just kind of learn, um, really what you like to eat to make sure you have that in stock. Um, in terms of budget, what Mario and I do is we have a list. Um, we have a set budget like for the week, and we try to be really strict with ourselves at cooking at home, eating at home, um, and trying not to eat so much junk mm-hmm. out because there are, is vegan food and like quote unquote plant based food that is not so good for you. Of course, we have you know chips once in a while and all that, but just trying to keep it to a minimum and not give in to those bad cravings um, and make sure you are satiated because you shouldn't be hungry. You should still be feeding yourself and nourishing yourself. You know, just, I think a lot of people think that sometimes, Mm -hmm. like, how do you get full? Well, it's, it's, it fills your body differently, you know, when you're eating animal products versus plants. So you may need to like change the way that you eat as well, Mm -hmm. because your body's going to be functioning differently. Um, but I think it's really important. Like, I think grapes are a great snack aside from like carrots and celery sticks and all that. Um, I really like making juice. I think it's something really easy that if you're on the go, you can like drink while you're in the car. Um, and then maybe preparing food. Like if you have to go to work, I feel like, um, just having like steamed veggies or like, you know, steamed potatoes or just little things that you can bring with you that will keep you full. Um, that way you're not going and eating stuff out when you're like randomly hungry throughout the day definitely yeah so what are other things that your body felt when you made a transition to eating more plant-based foods like Mm. what are differences you felt so um initially when i went vegetarian i had what mario and i called veggie bloat (laughs) (laughs) so i became uh very bloated mind you i was still eating a lot of um cheese Mm -hmm. um but he he and i were both very bloated i think for probably like four to six weeks it kind of lasted a while Mm. and i think that was just our body's way of um you know, getting used to eating differently, kind of almost like detoxing, getting used to the high amount of fiber in our bodies. I was definitely Googling it and it's very common for people to experience that when they first go plant-based. Um, even one of my friends, I, when I first went plant or vegetarian, I guess, um, I asked my friend, like, would you ever consider doing that? And she's like, oh, I was vegetarian for a while, but I was just gaining more weight, you know? (laughs) And I'm like, okay, well, I, it goes away eventually. And like, you have to also make sure you're not eating too much cheese if that's the route you're going to take. Um, but yeah, initially, um, that was what I noticed. And eventually it went down and, um, then when I cut out all dairy mm-hmm. from my um, from my diet, I I actually lost a lot of weight. Well, I guess not a lot on a big scale, but I used to be an average of 125. Mm-hmm. And just cutting out all animal products, I am now, um, I average like 117, 118. So that tells me that I had about seven to eight pounds of unnecessary fat. 
in my body um, because I had a high fat diet and I didn't realize it. Um, I didn't realize the way it was affecting me. And I've always been sort of skinny fat, right? I was never athletic um, until a couple years ago, maybe you know, six years ago, seven years ago, I started exercising, but I hated exercise. I hated eating healthy. Um, so it was a process of, um, learning how to like maintain my body in a better way. Um, so I've seen a lot of changes, but it's been, again, a very slow progression, like throughout my twenties. Yes. So where are certain challenges you faced while making the transition from like eating meat to vegetarian to plant-based like what are some like the main challenges that um the already the audience might be aware of before making certain changes to their diet the biggest challenge that i face is fighting cravings and fighting temptation um a lot of people don't understand what a plant-based diet is in my family or they just don't understand the concept of why animal products are not good for you. It's really hard when I go to like family um, gatherings or even if my friends want to go to dinner who still eat animal products. Um, Plus I've developed allergies to a vast variety of things because I've been dealing with like an autoimmune issue. So um, nuts make my lips flare up and stuff like that. So even if I go to a vegan restaurant, I still have a lot of limitations, Um, but I also have a lot of cravings. And in the beginning, what was really hard for me was going to like a family party or going out to dinner with friends and giving in to kind of teetering back and forth like well maybe if I eat animal products only when I'm going out or only when I'm at an event maybe it's not that bad right Mm -hmm. but the thing is that that stuff takes a lot of time to get out of your system like um, specific things have specific times that they take to get out of your system and it can take a while so I have to resist that because I'm dealing with health issues right now and I just feel that I need to be um, strict with myself because I'm trying to better my health for the future Um, kind of like making up for lost time for all the years that I was eating really badly Um, so yeah I think you have to be very comfortable with your decision you have to prepare around it if you're going to a family event don't be afraid to bring your own food don't be afraid to make a plan to eat before and have a snack after because it's going to be hard to say no. It's going to be hard to explain. It's going to be hard to answer everyone's questions about why you're doing what you're doing. But at the end of the day, you have to do what's best for you. Mm-hmm. And um, you have to be very just like secure with your decision. And you have to be okay with people not understanding. Exactly. Well put. So just a follow-up question is when it comes to the people that don't understand it, how do you handle those situations? Oh my gosh. <laughs> that's something that's really hard for me um, because I I wish that they would eat the same way. Mm-hmm. And so not only are they questioning and not understanding, but I, I'm it, it honestly, it hurts me a little bit that I, I wish they would understand because it would also be beneficial for them. And that's kind of something I struggle with. Um, yeah, that's I guess that's kind of a side note. Um, I just do my best. I honestly, I have to re-explain myself all the time. Re- I'm re-explaining myself every time I go to my grandma's house or every time I'm going out to eat with my mom. Like, She'll be like, do you want a slice of pizza? I'm like, I don't eat that anymore. If I eat pizza, I make it at home mm-hmm. because I know how to make it where I, my body can handle it right now. 
But um, I can't eat the cheese. I can't eat the dough. Like, you know, my lips will literally flare up Mm -hmm. if I eat that. So it's really hard for me to explain to people, but I've just become comfortable with the fact that I have to keep explaining myself. And as exhausting as it is, it's just, it's kind of the cycle that I'm in at this point because Mm -hmm. it's still somewhat new. It's been less than a year that I've been Mm -hmm. plant-based. So yeah, it's... It's not easy, honestly, especially if you are surrounded by people who don't um, have the same lifestyle or understanding or belief. It is hard um, to constantly like explain, but I think it just comes with the territory because mm-hmm. for some people it is a very new concept, you know, mm-hmm. and it's a whole wave right now. So more people are learning about it. I think in the future it may not be as hard, but um, for me personally... It's something that I have to deal with all the time. Yes, definitely. The first year is definitely the hardest when it comes to interacting with others, other, other, uh, others, and explain it to them. Like for me, like it's about to be three years in a few oh, months. Oh wow, and, that's amazing. Yeah, and the first month, the first month, and the and the first year were definitely the most challenging when it came to explain to people. It was back in like 2016. It was before the little boom of, of mm-hmm. 2017, 2018. That's when it really took off. Yeah. But um, it definitely was challenging for me to just explain it to everyone, telling people that fish and cheese is not a vegetable. It doesn't. <laughs> telling people that certain foods will make me upset. It had been making me upset for a while, but I just didn't know what caused me to get stomach aches, to get nausea, to just feel lazy, tired. And once I realized certain foods I was eating that weren't helping me out, I just cut, figure out what it was and just cut them out completely. And a lot of people feel like it's normal. It's normal to eat a huge meal and then just take a nap afterwards. Mm-hmm. Like, no, like food is supposed to energize us, give us life, vitality, and not actually bring us down. Mm-hmm. So, um... I do have like a side advantage since I'm in the health and fitness industry. So it's easier for me to just go based off my lifestyle when people are actually asking better questions. But for you too, since you do have, so to speak, for lack of better terms, an authority online, over time you'll realize that it will be easier for you. And even for people like the audience, for people that are plant-based and do want to like share the message a bit more, it definitely does help out listening to people's questions and realizing whether... They're just interested in like creating conflict, or they're genuinely interested in what you do. Mm-hmm. So when people are, are are trying to create conflict, just ignore them altogether, and don't take anything personal. But when it comes to people asking like genuine questions, they really want to um, like make changes themselves. <clears throat> Sit down and listen to them instead of just like drowning them with with information, things that you learn. Just answer the questions that they're answering, and they'll build an interest, and they'll just, they'll just an- ask you more questions along the way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I feel like it's more so um, like, why are you doing that? Are you sure mm-hmm. that's good for you? Well, mm-hmm. don't you need these vitamins from animals? Don't you need this? So it's more so questioning me. I feel like, <clears throat> if anything, my online audience is more receptive to it. I share a lot of recipes on my stories, and um, it's something I've done for a really long time, and I really enjoy mm-hmm. um, because I've learned how to make things that I can't get at restaurants necessarily the same way Mm -hmm. um things that i used to eat but substituting them with like a vegan recipe instead um 
And I feel like my online audience is definitely more receptive to it. Um, you know, they're younger than the adults in my family mm-hmm. um, who are very aware, even if they aren't plant-based themselves. I think a lot of people are becoming more aware of cutting back and, you know, the reality of, like, the dairy and the meat industry. Um, so I feel like – I really feel like in the future, maybe in, like, the next five years, it's going to be – even more mainstream which is amazing you know because um it it's really hard when there's not a big community around it because you're so limited in some Mm -hmm. ways you know like i want to be able to go out and enjoy a meal um with not always at the same restaurant i'm so limited in this city (laughs) i'm so limited Mm -hmm. um and yeah like yeah i just Sorry, I kind of lost track of where we were going, but... But yeah, definitely it is growing, especially the past two or three years have Mm -hmm. been just blowing up from... I don't know what the source was or how they got this number, but I heard it went from like 1% of people like identifying as quote-unquote vegan to about 4 to 5% the past two years alone in the United States. Yeah. So it's been quite the boom. And of course, there's cities like LA and Portland, San Diego, where there's like vegan restaurants all over the place. Mm -hmm. Out here in the Bay, there are definitely... A good amount but not like a whole lot yeah so yeah yeah i think um i also wanted to mention this was um what the health is actually what we watched just as a coincidence Mm -hmm. when we went through our vegetarian phase initially like two years ago Mm -hmm. um and i think a lot of people were impacted by that film Mm -hmm. um i haven't seen cowspiracy myself but that's like another one i've seen like memes like want to turn vegan in five hours go watch these like five Mm -hmm. films about the animal industry and like learn the truth behind it um so i feel like because we have like that technology where we can share on like such a mass scale i feel like that is helping to like spread the word and like make people more aware Mm -hmm. um that definitely pushed us you know we initially started first to save money um second to focus on healing our bodies naturally researching healing foods all of that and then last you know even though it didn't start as like animal advocacy you can't help you can't help it you know and and that's what i remind myself of when i'm craving a cheeseburger or like a steak burrito what i'm reminding myself is the videos that i've watched of the reality of what goes into those industries um so i think it's really amazing that there are so many benefits to this one way of just changing your diet Mm -hmm. um you know it's also a great impact on our our world on our climate everything so yeah like there's so many different reasons people change their lives Mm -hmm. um you know but this is one thing that has a really big effect on so many other beings so yeah it's really amazing (laughs) yes so a lot of people aren't aware that they are billions and billions of animals that get killed for food a month billions in a month so not necessarily like in a year because there's such a high demand in the united states they have to keep up with the demand constantly constantly and they're just breathing more and more animals just so they could get killed Mm -hmm. and such horrible 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 factories they're just bunching together walking around their own feces and pus and blood it's if you haven't seen any footage, honestly, it's hard to look at for anyone. 
what's what's going on. Honestly, I don't think we should even be seeing this. But at the same time, if you're contributing to it, you should definitely be aware of what it is exactly. Cause a lot of times people just see like the meat they get prepackaged, nicely placed. Uh, with stickers on it mm-hmm. in the shelves at stores or they yeah. pick out the, the exact right cuts that they're that they pick at the store but a lot of times we're disconnected from the reality of mm-hmm. what's really going on from the very beginning and it's just a constant vicious cycle that's going on and it's been going on for several decades now in this country and there's no need for it mm-hmm. and a lot of times this <clears throat> food is like very tainted and when we ingest it it just causes more damage mm-hmm. and then also to all the damage it does to Mostly our oceans, because where does all the waste go from? Those from the billions and billions of animals, it goes to the ocean. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely just constant destruction for for the bodies, from the environment to the animals. It's it's horrible. And then I'll probably make a separate podcast when it comes to um, fishing practices. But um, yeah, it's a lot of destruction going on when it comes to just consuming animal products throughout the, every phase. Of the process that goes on when it comes to putting animal products in, in the store shelves. Yeah, there was one video that really got to me recently, and it was about the dairy industry. Um, and it went viral because they were doing like an undercover investigation. And there were videos of the men hitting the baby cows on the nose, just throwing them into their little kennels. Um, there was an, a video, a snapshot of the mother of the baby cow crying for and yelling for her or mooing for her baby for so long. She literally was losing her voice. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time I ever cried from a video like that because I typically I, I like I know I've seen certain things. I've seen documentaries, but I don't know. That just got to me at such a deep level. Um, and I was just like, wow, like that was what I was supporting when I was still eating dairy. Like, it's just crazy. And um, that particular place said that they didn't sell the cows for veal and they lied, you know? So it's like, how are they getting away with this? Like, Mm -hmm. they pretend like they have ethics, but at the end of the day, the animals are there to die. They don't care. Mm -hmm. And we're eating that pain, that destruction, that you know, just death. Like, it's just really terrible. Like, and it's a very extreme view and way to see it, but it's the reality. Mm -hmm. And I think it is hard for us to see those videos, but without those videos, they would continue to use marketing to put a happy cow on the sticker and a sunshine and grass and you think, oh, yeah, this cow lived a happy life. No, the cow could have lived for 20 years. It lived for five because you want to eat meat or have dairy, you know. So it's things that I never even realized, you know. And although my journey didn't start for that, it's a huge just, you know, even myself having a pet now and how much I love her. Like my she's really my baby. And just imagining, like, her being taken away from me, I, like, and she's not even, like, my blood, you know? It's just, like, it puts so many things into perspective, so, yeah. Yes, I know, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's really deep, it's really deep. (laughs) It is, give me a second. I know. Yeah, um, also, too, it's not just, like, what happens to the animals and what happens to us when we eat the animals. It's also, like, the 
people working in the factories too. More times than not, it's people that <clears throat> actually immigrants are people that are the ones that are working in harsh environments, constantly killing, constantly. Mm-hmm. And I forgot where I, where I heard this from, but they have like, of course, high high um high. A lot of these people have PTSD, high suicide rate, high um domestic violence rates. So. They're constantly around violence, and that's definitely not a way anyone should be living. Mm-hmm. Or no, things like people should not be experiencing and doing just constant death of animals, hearing the screams, seeing blood everywhere is not <clears throat> something I want to contribute to or anyone should contribute to at all. Totally. I follow a lot of um, like vegan and plant-based um, hashtags, and I'm the kind of person I will read the comments. I learn from that stuff. I like to go to the post, whether it's a meme or like a factual you know, slide, whatever it is. Um, I like to go in the comments and read other people's perspectives. And um, I hear, I read testimonies, and I read one recently of a woman who worked in that industry and she was like I literally cannot eat meat anymore like I will never eat meat again after working in a slaughterhouse and it's just crazy the way even you know humans that are working there are impacted by it like I would definitely have PTSD even if you work there for a day or a week can you imagine years it's crazy it's crazy so um yeah it's it's definitely not an environment that is healthy that I would want to be around. Um, and people say like, oh, you know, we've been eating meat and like animal products for like so many years, but I don't think it was at this scale. You know, I'm sure that in biblical times, people weren't making bacon sandwiches and eating meat for every meal. Mm-hmm. You know, they had their livestock for a season and they would spread it throughout the year. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not the same. And even then, it probably wasn't on as large of a scale, you know, like they incorporated a lot of other things into their diet. So, and it was out of necessity, you know, having limitations, having certain crops that weren't available year round. Um, But we don't live that way anymore. And we have a lot more resources and technology where we don't have to rely on, you know, slaughtering animals and, you know, stealing their babies so Mm -hmm. we can have their dairy and their meat and make our cheese, which isn't good for us anyway. Um, so yeah, <laughs> we have a choice. Like how you mentioned, we definitely have a choice and we can make more educated choices. There's like no excuse to not be educated at least. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's, we could only have time and effort and the devices to make a solid effort on being more educated. Totally. That we make more educated decisions. We mm-hmm. could listen to other people's opinions, stories, testimonies, all we want, but we have the choice to become educated, see things from different perspectives. Totally. Not just from our previous condition, not just from marketing, not just from that ad that we saw of triple bacon cheeseburgers that are just making people get sick all the time. It's, it's no excuse to just become more educated, at least. We could, we're not telling you what to do or what you should and shouldn't do, what's right or wrong. It's just being more educated that we can make a more educated decision with your life decisions. Yeah, totally. And like I said, it's a process. Um, you know, I don't think everyone has the same route or the same reasons, but at the end of the day, there's just so many benefits. Um, and I think, you know, for most cases, ignorance is bliss. Um, we don't even know what we're doing to our bodies, but I think with the amount of information that's available, it's important to research, um, you know, different methods of, you know, 
eating and living your life and um, how your how this cycle it not only affects your body but it affects your surroundings it affects your loved ones it affects you know animals you've never met or you know workers you've never met um, an entire industry so it's it's much bigger than us but it does start with us exactly seeing yeah. food as a whole so when you see a steak it's not just 40 grams of protein for six seven ounces i forgot now but um it's way more than just that it's like i said before it's it was a mother it was stuck pretty much in an animal prison in the fact in the factory farming it saw its own people like die and bleed all over the place it was walking around his own feces it never saw a smile before it never walked in grass before it just it was it just lived a horrible life yeah. so that those those 40 grams of protein that you're looking for those it's way more than just that so basically not um not seeing animal products animal food animals as just the amount of protein you're seeing it as a whole everything that it had to go through everything it does to your body <clears throat> everything it does all the resources it's being used in order for it to be on your dinner plate there's a whole process that goes on a lot of times people just focus on just like i said before most of the time when people talk about me they talk about the protein and it's just basically just extracting everything else and just focusing on that the little macronutrient, that little cluster of amino acids. No, it's way more than just that. Mm-hmm, totally. And I know this isn't a popular belief, but I really don't think we need as much like protein, especially from meat, as people think. There are a lot of other deficiencies that we have, um, vitamins, minerals, other nutrients that we can get directly from plants. Like mm-hmm. they say, meat is recycled protein because what do the animals eat if they're eating a proper diet is grass. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, even gorillas, they eat, they're, they're vegan, right? Mm-hmm. And they are, have huge muscles. So, um, and that's, you know, it's something I experienced in my own lifestyle change is, you know, I don't even necessarily need to take a multivitamin anymore. Like I had to when I found out I was deficient to mm-hmm. get my health back on track because I'm getting so many nutrients from leafy greens, from fruit, Mm -hmm. from, you know, real foods that I incorporate daily. And even though I'm dealing with health issues, I feel like I'm headed headed in a very positive direction where um, I'm slowly learning like natural ways of supplementing these things rather than assuming I need to, you know, consume like chicken and turkey and eggs and all this stuff that our body doesn't even process very well. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> yes. So back to like the, the protein topic. So it's easily the most commonly brought up question or argument with all the people I've interacted with the past three years. So the past week from the time of this recording, I did try a raw diet for five days. Mm-hmm. And when I brought it up to you, you said you actually tried it out yourself. So yeah. I want to hear your take on that, on the raw diet. Yeah, honestly, um, like I said, I get intense cravings, but it I did it for five days um, and it felt so amazing. Um, when I was eating very unhealthy, I had like chronic constipation. And then when I started to change my diet, this is like TMI, but it's a reality of like, what I was going through and like how my body has transformed. So I went from like never being able to go to the bathroom to having like diarrhea all the time. Then I went on this, you know, started cutting out dairy. 
um, started to become more regular. When I did the five-day uh, vegan or eating uh, raw, um, I don't want to call it a cleanse. I was I, even though it sort of is because it 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 your body has to purge everything. Um, but yeah, it, it was an amazing, I was going to the bathroom, having solid bowel movements, um, going twice a day. Sometimes even I'll go three when I never was able to do that before. So I really feel that I'm like healing from the inside out. And I feel like eating raw is one of the best ways to cleanse your system. Um, I, it's something that I do want to incorporate more. It's just hard when it's so cold in our city and I don't want to have a smoothie or like have a fruit salad. I want to have like a soup or something, you know, but, um, I do try to incorporate more raw meals, even though I don't eat raw for like a week straight often. Um, I do think it's an amazing way to benefit your body. I think it's something we should all incorporate a few times a year. Um, I think juicing has amazing benefits. Um, like I said earlier, it's something easy to do while you're on the go. And even if you can't eat raw for like a week straight, um, I think incorporating as much raw foods daily mm-hmm. can benefit you so much, so much. Definitely. Yes. Yeah, from from my experiences, it's fresh in my brain. It's definitely a lot easier than you thought, even to get enough calories. So eating things like jackfruit, if you could find it, watermelon, bananas, dates are very calorie dense. Throwing in some hemp seeds, cashews, Brazil nuts, even eating just a few Brazil nuts, eating like eight to Mm ten a day would be great. Even less if you're not looking to like gain or maintain weight. It's easily to get like 2,500, 2,800 calories. And most of us, even when we're active, shouldn't be eating more than that. Of course, unless you're doing like like high-intensity training or if you're doing like ultra marathon or playing football or you're a sprinter, you do have to consume a little bit more calories, but you could still add, throw in some more bananas in there. And you could easily get enough calories to perform at an optimal rate. And there are plenty, plenty of athletes of all, all types of sports that eat a mostly whole food plant-based mm-hmm. diet. I'm not talking about like stuffing down Beyond Burgers and getting Impossible yeah. Burgers. I'm not referring to that. I'm talking about actual whole foods. Like totally. actual foods you could just pick off the ground, pick off a tree, mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think um, <clears throat> another thing that I learned uh, while I was trying to eat um, raw for that week i learned about mono eating have you heard of that before i haven't what is it oh my god i think you should try it especially if you're going to do like another week raw um so basically that's when you eat one specific type of food um in a sitting or for the entire day Mm. so um it's easier for your body to process it. Um, So let's say you have a gigantic watermelon or you have like, let's say three small watermelons and that's gonna be your primary food source for the day. Mm -hmm. So you give your body one type of food to digest and it processes the nutrients differently than if you're collectively eating like a fruit salad. Mm -hmm. Um, One of my friends, she does it all the time and she'll kind of switch off like what kind of foods, but you could also do it with like apples is another really Mm -hmm. easy one if you're like on the go. So you would literally eat like apples like all day, right? Mm -hmm. Or like for like two meals or something. Mm -hmm. Um, And it just gives your body a different way of like absorbing the nutrients and like processing um, in your digestive system. Mm -hmm. So interesting. Yeah. I did that a little bit when I was, um, I also did it with mandarins. Mm. Yeah. Would avocados be a good idea? (laughs) Um, for, I'm not sure. Um, for me, I, I try to keep my fat, my, uh, I try to do a low fat diet. Um, so I do 
eat avocados, but I keep it to a minimum um, just because I think my body um, is having a hard time processing too much fat, which is why I initially cut out dairy because um, I was having all these like flare-ups and all that. Um, so I think it depends on your lifestyle, how much you're exercising, um, you know, whether your body can handle it. Mm. Um, at the end of the day, avocados are not as bad as other options out there. Oh, so great. yeah, <laughs> they are great. yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, I think in terms of like on the go, like I think fruit is a really great way to do mono eating. I guess avocado is a fruit, right? Yeah, it is a yeah. fruit, and I've actually eaten it on the go. I literally just squeezed one open and just. Oh ate my it. god! <laughs> actually, I did it a few years ago. I actually made a meme out of it. So yeah, I used yeah. to make memes all the time. So that's so yeah, funny. So just of course being careful with your surroundings and your hand, but yeah, you could just kind of twist the top part of avocado, squeeze oh my gosh. it, and then just eat it from there. That's amazing. It's almost like you remember back in the day. They, they I don't know if they still have them, the gogurts. Oh, yeah. Same thing. <laughs> Same concept. Like nature's gogurt. Totally. Like, like huge seed. Totally. So, so yeah, def definitely uh, avocados are good for you. <laughs> if they say they're not, don't listen to them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no. There's well, a yeah. lot of other things out there that are not that they tell you are. So just be careful. <laughs> mm -hmm. So what are um, some of the myths you've, hear, you've heard about the plant-based diet recently? Oh my gosh. Well, I think the protein situation is like one of the biggest ones. Um, and I went to the doctors recently and they wanted to like check me for like B12 deficiency and all of that, which they say you can only get from animal products. Um, so I think that's something I'm trying to debunk right now is like, cause I've gotten tested. I know I'm not anemic. Um, but because I'm having like these health issues, they're just trying to figure out how, to better balance things in my body. Um, but I think the biggest myth that I just deal with in general is protein and people thinking that you need, you know, more protein than you actually do. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there are other things that our body needs more like herbs, um, zinc. Um, you know, I take that if, if I take any supplements, it's zinc, lemon balm. I try to incorporate uh, raspberry leaf tea, just certain things. And I'm still learning about all that. But I think there are other things that we're deficient in that we can get from other sources. Um, and I don't really want to rely on capsules or vitamins. Um, I'm trying to find other ways of supplementing. And I don't think you necessarily need like a multivitamin. I think that's a great start. Mm -hmm. But um, if you really want to do things like the natural way, I think there's like so many natural resources that we have that we're not educated to know about. You have to really research it because it's not quote unquote backed by science, right? But I there's so many testimonies like that you learn. And, you know, so that's kind of um, something that I deal with constantly is like, well, are you getting enough protein? Well, what about this vitamin? And what about that? And I'm like, do you even know that you need zinc? Do you even know that you need these other things in your body? Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of people don't. It's marketing because you see a lot of times, with, especially with packaged foods, 10 grams of protein, 7 grams of protein. They just put that in the huge letters and a huge font and they want like a little background. That way it stands out more than anything. So people are conditioned to believe that protein is the most important nutrient, macronutrient that we need. Which is false. We need all three of them. We need a balance of everything. So just a simple answer is eat the whole rainbow. 
Eat all the <laughs> yeah, colors. My grandma always said that. <laughs> yeah, eat all the colors. All the nice and pretty colors, light ones, dark ones, just eat them. Yeah. Get a wide variety of colors. And when it comes to supplementing, I just use like D3 and B12, the little sprays. That's it. Just, just those two. But everything else, just from all the foods that I eat, like I said before, is different colors, the ones that you like, and just enjoy the hell out of them. Juice to beat them whole, whatever, however you like them. <clears throat> so I want to ask you about D3 because mm -hmm. I literally went to the doctors yesterday um, and we were touching base on my uh, allergy results and they were telling me that I had low vitamin D levels. Mm -hmm. So I was like, do I need more sunshine? Like, what does that really mean? Do you know why plant people on a plant-based diet need that d3 it's not just people on a plant-based diet it's like the general pop or anyone it's because a lot of times people are indoors so it is definitely mm -hmm. just people not being indoors mm -hmm. so it's more sunlight than here in san francisco where we're at right now is it gets foggy a lot of time mm -hmm. and sometimes we may or may not get sun so the times we do get sun just make the most out of it walk around yeah walk your dog walk yourself walk to run errands but um a lot of times during the winter time especially this past winter it was raining like crazy it was constantly cloudy it was a little bit more challenging and you could just tell with people people were getting a lot sicker more often mm -hmm. people were looking more pale people were getting tired more often so vitamin d deficiency is common with not just people on a plant-based diet but people in every type of diet mm -hmm. and it is a factor of you know not being outdoors and also um, the sun being a little shy. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Okay, yeah. Because I, I was... My vitamin D levels were really low. I think mm. it was like 11. And she said um, you should be between like the very lowest 20. But she said most people should be at like a 30 to a 50. And I was at an 11. Oh. So, but I, you know, honestly... Aside from walking Rosie, um, I think now lately I've been out more, but be, you know, before I was in school four days a week, that's indoors. Mm -hmm. I work from home most of the time. Aside from walking Rosie, you know, I don't do a lot of outdoor activities. So I'm like, okay, well that makes sense. Like I, I guess I can do that. Like go outside more. Like I'd be more than happy to, especially mm -hmm. the weather's been um, better because I would prefer to see if I can raise my vitamin D levels naturally rather than putting a, another supplement in my body but um mm -hmm. yeah I was curious about that because I just learned about that yesterday mm, fairly recent so, <laughs> yeah. yeah so definitely just being outdoors more often and it's great too the air quality is better oh, yeah. it's greener outside to get to meet new people so yeah it's it helps to go outside not just to get vitamin D e. it's mm -hmm. like you get a lot more benefits out of it yeah totally yes so what about when it comes to like you said around the same time when you're making the transition <clears throat> to a healthier lifestyle exercise was a part of it mm -hmm. so how do you like on a plant-based diet how do you feel before during after working out um <clears throat> so i noticed that first of all when i start my day i try to do i have i try to have a routine um in terms of like you know, just my mornings. And something that's really important to me is starting my day with uh, lemon and lime water. Um, I really try to incorporate a lot of water into my diet overall. Um, so I like to start off my day like that. And I'm also not always hungry right away. Um, so sometimes I will not eat until around 11 or 12, which I actually learned is like somewhat normal like you know some people a lot of people don't and that's because of the way chemicals are released into in our body um throughout certain hours of the day um so in terms of exercise i 
I'm not always hungry if I work out in the morning, but then after that, I'm super hungry. Um, but I noticed that now versus before when I was um, still eating a lot of animal products and exercising, I don't have that excess bloat. I was like always bloated, right? And I was skinny fat. I didn't have a lot of muscles. Um, I'm still slowly building um, my muscles and I don't work out super consistently. Like I try to be active. I I love going on long walks. I've always loved long walks. It's something I really enjoy. Um, I try to do Pilates once a week. I was doing a boot camp class for a while and like I do yoga sometimes so I just I try to stay active and like incorporate full body workouts and um, stuff like that but what the biggest difference that I notice um, being plant-based and having an active lifestyle versus when I was still eating not great is um, I don't have that excess bloat I don't have that extra eight pounds that I was carrying just from eating things that I didn't need. Um, and I, it was so funny looking back and I was like, why do I still have this little belly? Why do I still have this layer of fat? And I was, didn't realize because I had such a high fat diet, you know, eating animals, you, even if you're eating like a quote unquote lean animal, right? If you're eating white meat or fish at the end of the day, it's going to have a lot of fat no matter what. And it's, not the same kind of fat from an avocado, which is not as bad, right? Because it doesn't compare whatsoever. Um, So that's the biggest difference I notice is I don't have that, um, you know, you work out, you eat, and then it's, oh, I'm so tired. I feel bloated. I just want to take a nap, you know? Now I feel like my energy lasts more throughout the day. I've always dealt with um, chronic fatigue and I still deal with it, but I think that it has improved immensely. Um, And I think a lot of it has to do with like the way that I eat. Yep, definitely. (laughs) It's it's less stress on the body. Mm -hmm. Because when we eat animal products, it's a heavy, heavy, heavy tool for our digestive system to break everything down, to absorb it, and then of course to push it out. Mm And when it comes to eating plants, especially on a raw diet, a raw diet was like, I felt so energized. Yeah. It was amazing. I, I worked out, I think, three of those days. I did strength training, and I felt great. Yeah. It was like, I didn't feel no slowdown at all. And before, during, after, I just ate a lot of fruit, and then those nuts and seeds, and avocado, and I got the job done. Yeah, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times people feel, oh, I got to do take a pre-workout, then a oh, shake no. before, during, after. I'm like... You're battling what you're ingesting. Exactly. Yeah. Then a lot of times people eat right whey protein, which is a byproduct of cheese. And a lot of times the body doesn't absorb, doesn't absorb it properly. People feel bloated and they don't gain weight in a healthy manner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My old roommate, um, she ate... Or excuse me, she um, would take pre-workout, and this was when I first started running. So her and I would go running together. We lived by Kizar, and um, I was never into like taking a lot of medicine or taking supplements or stuff like that. So I was like reluctant to try it, but I was like, I'll give it a try. Mm-hmm. It was such a weird feeling. Um, like my feet became tingly, my mm-hmm. hands became tingly. I had way too much energy. Like it just felt really weird. 
Um, so I'm definitely not a fan of like pre-workout and stuff like that. Um, I think there are like other ways, like if anything, coffee still is not great, but I do drink coffee and I do like to have my coffee before workout. Cause I do, you know, if anything, I feel like that is the most pre-workout <laughs> that I can handle. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's like, you know, you shouldn't feel that way after you eat. Like people think it's normal on Thanksgiving to like want to pass out. It's not it's because of like all the heavy things you're eating and your body's having trouble digesting it and Mm -hmm. it's going to take way longer to digest the macaroni and the mashed potatoes that have dairy in it with cheese on top and then the meat you know and then maybe like alcohol and whatever else um but it's definitely not like a normal feeling (laughs) so um i think people just have to become aware and i think the one of the best ways to do that is to just try it out for yourself you know, even if it's not a whole week, like try just daily cutting back little by little and maybe doing one full day of like no animal products and just like see the difference. And I think that's one of the best things people can do is to just try it themselves because you can only hear testimonies and watch so many videos for so long. Um, but until you really experience it for yourself, I feel like that is what really can change you. You nailed it right there. Simple as that. Just try it out yourself. Get a r- advice from the right people. You have two speaking right now. So, so def- definitely is uh, something to keep in mind is trying for yourself and making educated decisions. Mm-hmm. And so just before we wrap things up, any last words you want to give to our audience? Um, I just, I'm really grateful that you allowed me to share my testimony and um, I'm really appreciative of everyone who's going to listen to my journey. It's something I've always wanted to share. And um, I feel like I do have somewhat of a unique perspective because it, you know, it's such a drastic difference, like how I ate growing up versus how I've learned to change my lifestyle as an adult entering their 30s. You know, it's been a very, very long process for me. And honestly, it's not always easy. But at the end of the day, I really believe it's what's best for me. And I'm learning um, that it influences so many other aspects of my life and this world. And I'm just really grateful that you guys listened to my story. And I hope that, you know, you found some useful information um, Mm -hmm. by listening to it. Yes, yes, very well said. <laughs> All right, so for our audience that wants to um, know more about you, where could we find you online on social media? So um, my Instagram account is Vanessa Evelyn H, um, V-A-N-E-S-S-A-E-V-E-L-Y-N-H. Um, I also have a YouTube channel with the same handle, and my website is VanessaEvelyn.com, so no H in the website, um, but it's all very easy to find, and I do primarily do style blogging, um, but I do try to incorporate very meaningful captions that um, encompass other aspects of my life. I share a lot of recipes on my highlights, on my stories, um, so you know, it's I feel like it's still a great resource um, if you're transitioning and you want to find some interesting recipes are definitely available on my channel. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I'll put all those links on the show notes so people could find you. All right. So again, thank you, Vanessa, for being here on this podcast, sharing your story, your wisdom, everything you share, you've learned over the years. And everyone else, we'll just, um, we'll be new episodes every Monday, same as usual. I know last week's 
was a little bit off because I was out of town and I didn't have my laptop and there was certain emergencies and it was up on Tuesday, but definitely every Monday, I'll make sure I'll be more prepared to prevent that from happening again. So again, thank you everyone for listening and catch you guys next week. Peace.